Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Church, we are in our sixth week of this series, Who Are You? And can we put our hands together for our team? They wrote that song for this series, and I love it. Every week it's a great opener, a great reminder of who God is calling us to be. And that's what this series is about as we walk through Scripture together We're looking at the life of people in the Bible, different stories in the Bible, and as God is speaking to these people, as they're going through trials and situations, we're then looking at our life and saying, God, what does that mean to us? What are you trying to say to us from your word and from scripture? How do we apply this to our life? And last week, we talked about how seeing God's plan brings purpose even to the painful moments in our life. And if you missed it last week, I want to let you know you missed out because it was an amazing time as we celebrated through baptism and child dedication. And then at the end of service, we had people lining the stage with testimonies of how God took painful moments in their life and how God turned them around and God is using them. God is doing something amazing in their life to change their story and to bring hope to other people. So you can see some of the photos up here. And as we collected some of those at the end of service, we kind of gathered together um, right here around the stage. And as I looked through some of what you guys wrote last week, it's amazing to see the testimony of what God has done in many of your life of how God has changed your story from what it was, and even through painful moments in your life, how God is doing something amazing and bringing hope to you and your family members. And so I want to encourage you, if you missed last week, um, you can go online to the website or um, through the NCC app. You can watch the video of the service and see um, how we celebrated that, how God takes those painful moments and how he brings purpose to our life even through those And we're going to continue um, this week looking at another individual in the Bible and looking at what God did in his life and what that means for us as we examine the story of Moses. So we're going to look at this character from the Bible and see what it is that God is speaking to us and how God called Moses. Whenever I was young in the third or fourth grade, um, my family were pastors in Arkansas. My parents were pastors. And so we lived in this small town called Shirley, Arkansas. And so I went to elementary school um, there in Shirley, Arkansas, and we didn't have a large class, so our class was really small. It wasn't like any of the schools in Mesquite or the surrounding area. Um, But I remember every day we had a basketball court um, there on the playground, and we would go out during during recess time, and we would play together. And it was always the same group of friends. We'd always spend the whole time playing basketball together. And one day as we went out there... um, We got out on the basketball court and we looked and one of the rims had been damaged a little bit. It was a little bit bent. And so the janitor um, or the maintenance person, they had lowered it down. You guys, this was our dream because we were third or fourth graders. And finally, we could slam dunk the ball. And for those next 20 minutes in recess, you guys, I was Michael Jordan, okay? I was practicing every slam dunk. All of my friends, like, we were lined up. We were taking turns. Okay, Magic Johnson, we were doing everything we could, man. All of the moves that we had seen um, on the basketball court, what we had seen on TV, we were so excited for those next 20 minutes. 
And as I got up there, I remember that first slam dunk, I threw the ball down and I hung on that rim and I like pulled myself up like I was some NBA star. But after that happened, moment after moment, the rim began to sag more and more. And by the end of recess, it wasn't even a rim. It was just kind of a flat hoop laying down, right? So we got done. The bell rang. We went into class. And I'm sitting there in my next period class. And all of a sudden, I hear the PA system. Come on. And it's the principal. And I hear over the PA system in our elementary school, would Aaron Escamilla please come to the principal's office? (laughs) You guys, fear invaded my heart at that moment. And I get up and all of my classmates are looking at me. I know what this is probably about, okay? I dreaded hearing my name whenever um, they were calling me to the principal's office because it usually almost always meant that I was in trouble, that I had done something wrong. And so I'm heading down the hallway. My armpits are sweaty. I'm nervous, like I'm sweating. I know that I'm going to get in trouble. And then slowly the principal begins to call out all of my friends' names that were out on the basketball courts with me. And of course, we got in trouble. They did not appreciate our basketball skills. I don't know why, you guys. They didn't appreciate the rim being bent like that. And so we got in trouble and we got swats that day um, from the principal for bending the rim and doing that. But but I remember um, back into my elementary schools and I remember other other times like that where you hear your name called out over the PA system and you think, man, this is probably not, there's no good that's gonna come of this. And some of us, I think as we come to church and as we come to our relationship with God, that's how we view God sometimes. And we assume whenever God calls us, whenever God speaks to us in a service like this, whenever God challenges us with something, it's like that principle, but he's in heaven and he's calling out our name and we assume, okay, God, now we're in trouble. We must have done something wrong that you're going to speak to us. But as we look at the story of Moses, I want us to look at what it really means when God does call us. When God speaks out our name, how God sees us, not that we're in trouble, but what God dreams over our life. So if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Exodus, and we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to start reading at verse 1. And if you don't have a Bible, if you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, there should be one in the seat in front of you, maybe one or two seats over, and I want to encourage you to take that out, and you can turn to page 27 in that Bible in the seat in front of you. And follow along with us as we walk through the story of Moses. Now, last week, we ended with the story of Joseph in Genesis. And Joseph, as we found out, God's hand was upon him. He was elevated to second in command of Egypt. And so he's over all of the Egyptian empire. And his family moves to Egypt. God's hand is upon them. They're blessed. And the time comes when Joseph passes away. His family stays there in Egypt. And They begin to grow. They begin to multiply. Their family expands. And then they become this mighty nation living in the Egyptian empire. And another Pharaoh rises up who didn't know about Joseph, who didn't know how Joseph saved the Egyptian empire or any of that. And he begins to look around and he becomes very scared of the Israelite people, the people of God. And he becomes intimidated that one day they're going to rise up and overthrow him. And so he oppresses them. And the Israelites go through 400 years of slavery. This is what we find out at the beginning of the book of Exodus, 400 years of slavery. And pharaohs come and go, and they try to do different things to limit the people of God, to oppress the people of God, even killing young babies. And it comes to this point where Pharaoh makes this decree, every young boy under the age of two is to be killed, is to be thrown into the Nile River, or to be killed with the sword. And so this young couple 
who's just had this beautiful baby boy take their baby and they wrap him in cloth, they place him in a basket, and they float him down the Nile River. And by the hand of God, this baby doesn't die, but he actually comes to a place where Pharaoh's daughter is bathing. And she pulls the basket out of the water and she opens it up and she, she, she sees this beautiful young baby boy there. And she names him Moses, which means he was drawn out of the water. It literally means drawn out of the water. She takes Moses and she raises him as her own. So Moses grows up in all of the finest palaces in Egypt with all of the luxuries of a prince of Egypt. He's raised in Pharaoh's own household. And as he grows older, he soon discovers that he's not Egyptian, that he's actually an Israelite. And so one day, as he's out walking among his people, the Israelites, he sees an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. And he goes over and he looks around. No one's watching. He kills this Egyptian. Then he buries his body in the sand. And when it's discovered what Moses has done, he becomes afraid and he leaves. He flees Egypt. He leaves the palace. He runs away through the desert to this land of Midian. And he's in Midian, he meets his wife, he gets married, he has a young son, and he becomes a shepherd. And this is where we pick up the story of Moses, where God first calls out to him. So in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, this is what it says. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called out to him out of the bush, saying, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. And God begins to reveal, Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. I've heard their cry in slavery, and I am going to bring freedom to them. Moses, I'm going to send you to be a deliverer. And in verse 13, we see Moses' response. And this is what Moses said, verse 13. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, they will ask, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say to this people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So what's going on here? I mean, this is amazing. Moses is just a normal average guy. Like sometimes when we read about these people in the Bible, we think, man, these are really unique people. But Moses is a shepherd, okay? So he's not the ruler of some nation at this point. He's not a king. Okay, he's not in the top universities of his day. He's out on the side of a mountain taking care of sheep. This is just his average day on the job. And as he's there, he sees this burning bush, and it's intriguing. The bush is on fire, yet it's not consumed. And so he goes over to it to observe what's going on, and God speaks to him. The voice of God comes to Moses, and God reveals this plan. Moses, I know you think you're just a shepherd, I know you think this is just another day on the job, but I'm here to tell you, Moses, I've called you over here and I have a plan for your life. I'm going to do something amazing through you and you're going to bring deliverance to my people because of what I'm going to do through you. And what's Moses' response? It's not, God, that's amazing. You're going to bring freedom to these people? He says, God, I can't do this. 
I'm going to go down there and they're going to start asking me questions. They're going to ask me some different things. And, and God, I'm not really equipped to do this. God, you've chosen the wrong guy. And Moses is concerned. Moses thinks that he's limited by things in his life. Even though God is calling him, he's limited by things in his life. And one of the first things that he thinks he's limited by is his past. And you read this, and this question is very odd. As you read this, Moses is like, I'm going to stand up in front of the Israelites. I'm going to tell them that God has brought freedom, and they're going to ask me what your name is. I mean, that seems really odd when I first read that. But when you think of Moses' past, it makes sense. What Moses is really saying to God is, God, we've got a problem here. Because when I go to these people and I tell them that you've sent me, they're going to say, Moses, you're not even one of us. Your past is different than our past. You're an Egyptian. You were raised in the palace. You were raised with Pharaoh. You were worshiping other gods, Moses. We know what you did in your childhood. You went to other temples. You went to the temple of the Egyptians. You sat before the Egyptian gods. You worshiped them and you paid homage to them. Moses, you're not like us. Your past is very different. Do you even know who God is, Moses? What's his name? Do you even have a relationship with God, Moses? What's his name? Do you really know who he is? And Moses is saying, God, you, you can't call me. This can't be about me. God, you've chosen the wrong person. My past limits me even being able to speak to your people. God, they know that I am not like them, that I'm not um, the same kind of people that they are, that I'm not even Hebrew, that I'm really an Egyptian in my culture. I was raised like that. They're going to ask if I even know you. And God's reminding Moses that if I call you, church, you're called by God no matter your limitations. When God speaks your name, when God looks at you, when he calls you, when he speaks your name and he says, hey, I have a purpose for you, I have a plan for you, it doesn't matter what you think your past has been like, it doesn't matter what limitations you have on your life, God has a plan for you and your past does not determine your destiny. I want you to see that. Your past does not determine your destiny. God wasn't concerned with what Moses had done in the past. God was saying, Moses, I'm the one that's calling you. You tell them that I am sent you, that God, the God of all creation, that he's the one that's going with you, Moses. It's not just who you were. It's what I see in your future. It's what I'm speaking over your life. It's the purpose that I see over you. It doesn't matter who you were in the past, Moses. I'm calling you to do something new. I'm calling you to bring salvation and deliverance to my people. And God is speaking this over Moses. He wants him to realize that when I've called you, it doesn't matter what your limitations are. I'm going to go with you. Church, we need to realize that. See, it doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what's happened in your life. None of that matters when God speaks your name, when God calls you, and he's called each and every one of us. He is a plan and a purpose for every single one of us over our lives. God has dreams for you, and he's telling you this morning, I've called you, and it doesn't matter your limitations. It doesn't matter what you think hinders you in your life because of your past. I have a dream for you. I've shared with you guys before how in high school I walked away from God. I walked away from my relationship with God. I spent about three or four years of my life just living on my own, getting in a lot of trouble. And it was halfway through my senior year that God radically got my attention. And he, he saved me one night when I was getting in trouble with the cops. Someone came out and began to speak to me about God. And I knew that I needed to turn my life over to God. And I can remember a year later from that point, I, had, I hadn't even been serving God really for a year. It's probably nine or 10 months at that point. I was in Bible college. 
and I was studying these classes and a group of friends came to me and they said, hey, Aaron, we have an opportunity to go to different churches in Texas and we're going to be ministering to different people. And we want you to come along with us. We want you to speak to students. We want you to get up at churches and we were going to do some dramas and music and different things and then be able to share our story and our testimony. In my first year in Bible college, I'm praying and I remember my prayer. I remember this time where I was just in my college dorm room and I'm asking God, can I even do this? Like, God, a year ago, not even a year ago, my life is so jacked up. I wasn't even serving you. Like, I, had, I didn't have any concern who you were. I was living life my own way. I was doing my own thing. And now, God, can I really stand up in front of other people and share who you are and what you've done? I felt like my past was limiting me. And I remember in that prayer time, God spoke to me. I didn't hear his voice audibly like Moses did, but in my heart, I knew God was speaking to me. And he said, Aaron, when I called you back to me, I didn't call you as a slave. I called you as a son. He said, I'm not looking at your past. I'm not looking at what you've done the past few years. I'm looking at your future. And I'm looking at the dreams that I have for you. I'm looking at how I want to use your life and your story to minister to others and to bring change and transformation to others. And church, we need to realize that when you're called by God, it doesn't matter your limitations. It doesn't matter what your past has been like. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. God says, I have a future for you. I have a plan. I want to do something great with your life. Church, we have to realize that. We have to realize what God is doing. And so many of us, we're like Moses. And we're standing in God's presence every week. We're in this room and God is here. And God's speaking to us through his word. And we're making excuses why we can't do what God is calling us to do. When he looks at you and he says, hey, I want more for you. I want more in your workplace. I want more with your family. I want more in your school and the influence that I've called you with, with friends that you have. I want more for your life. Immediately, we're identifying with our past. When God's looking at our future, And God wasn't standing at the burning bush, rubbing his hands together, saying, I don't know what I'm going to do because Moses is a murderer. He wasn't standing there saying, oh, man, Moses, you worshiped other gods in Egypt. I don't know what to do with that. No, he knew, Moses, I can take your life and I can bring salvation and deliverance to my people through it. God's looking at your life. He's looking at my life, saying, I don't care that you came from a dysfunctional family. It doesn't limit what I can do with your future. It doesn't matter to me that you fought depression in the past. I can use your life to bring hope and joy to others that can see my salvation. It doesn't matter that you think your past limits you. I have something great. I have something amazing that I want to do with your future. I have a calling over you. I have a destiny, church. We need to realize that, that when God calls our name, when God speaks to us, just like he spoke to Moses, whenever God calls us out, that it doesn't matter our limitations but that God has a plan for us. He has a purpose. So we see this in the life of Moses. And as we go on, like we start to realize this, you go down to Exodus chapter four. If you still have your Bibles open, you can turn there. Exodus chapter four, verse 10. God is showing Moses, I'm gonna do signs. I'm gonna do wonders. There's gonna be stuff that is gonna blow your mind to show the Egyptians that it is I who am working on your behalf. I am with you. And so Moses once again replies to God after God shows him these things. Exodus 4.10, but Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent 
either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and of tongue. And then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, I will be your mouth and I will teach you what you shall speak. God's speaking to Moses and he's saying, Moses, it started with your past, but now you're saying it's your abilities that are limiting you. But I'm telling you, I'm going to be with you. See, Moses was past that. He's like, okay, okay, God, maybe you can work in spite of my past, but, but God, you've picked the wrong person because I'm not the greatest leader and I'm not the best communicator. And I, man, I, I don't have the best way to tell this story or, or to even tell those people. I can't stand in front of Pharaoh. I can't stand in front of the nation of the Israelites and really explain, God, you've chosen the wrong person. I'm not that gifted. I don't have those kinds of abilities. But God's saying, Moses, I'm the one that called you. And when I've called you, it doesn't matter what you think your limitations are. It doesn't matter your skills, your gifts, your abilities. They don't determine God's dreams for you. You may have heard this before, but God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. When God speaks your name, when he calls you, he's going to give you exactly what it is that you need in order to accomplish what he's dreaming for your life in order to accomplish the plans and the purposes that he has for you. God's going to be there every step of the way. And he's saying, Moses, who gives man the ability to speak? Who gives man the ability to lead and to guide people? Who gives man wisdom? It's me, and I'm going to be there with you, Moses. So don't be worried. Don't allow your limitations to determine my call on your life. I'm going to be there with you every single step of the way. Church, we need to realize that. Because some of us, as God is challenging us for more in our life, we're there in the workplace and that person that's going through a divorce or a hard situation comes up to us and we're like, man, I don't know how to share God's story. God, you, I can't do this. I can't speak to other people about you because, man, I don't, I don't even know what I would say. You need to realize God's there with you in that moment. He's the one who's gifted you. He says that to Moses, I'm going to put the words in your mouth. When you don't know what to say, my spirit's going to be there leading and guiding you students. When you have someone in your class that asks you that question, hey, what makes you a Christian? Why are you a Christian? And you're thinking, you know what? I, I don't know how to respond to that. I don't even know what to say. You need to know that you're not there alone in that moment, that God is with you, that he's the one who's called you into that school with that group of friends that you have, and he is going to give you the words to say. His spirit's going to lead you and guide you. It's God that gives us those ability. You're called by God, no matter your limitations, no matter what you think limits your life. God has spoken over you. I can remember being in high school, and I still love to play basketball. And we had moved to Colorado Springs, and one of my favorite places to play basketball was at the Air Force Academy. It was where um, the college students were going into the Air Force, and they were taking classes. And there was always a lot, a lot of college guys around. And so there was usually someone that would be on the basketball court that would be willing to play a game. But the problem was, as a freshman and a sophomore in high school, I was only five foot tall. And you guys, I was the skinniest ninth grader you had ever seen in your life, okay? I looked like I should be on one of those world relief commercials. I mean, I was just a tiny guy, had no muscles, right? But I was confident when I stepped on the basketball court. And I would walk up to these college guys, or these college guys that were like six foot tall, and I would start talking smack to them. 
I would say, you guys want to play? Because you're about to go down. Like, you're going to lose here in a second, okay? We're going to do this pickup game, and you guys are about to be defeated because I had a secret weapon. His name was Michael Escamilla. He was my big brother. And Michael, unlike me, was over six feet tall. He started for the high school varsity basketball team as a freshman. I mean, he could hit the half-court shot, could hit three-pointers, could drive it in. Michael was a basketball star. My brother was. And I knew that Michael was good enough to make up for my weakness. And so I would get my brother, and we would challenge these guys. And, and more often than not, Michael would bring us the victory, but it was my victory. Like, I had won that game. And I would go up to those guys, and be, man, I told you. I told you we were going to win. I told you we could do this. Because when I stepped on that court, it wasn't just me. It was my brother there with me. That's what God's telling Moses. Hey, Moses, you're not doing this alone. I'm not sending you down to Egypt to try to win this victory by yourself. I'm going to be there with you every single step of the way. And Moses, when I speak your name, when I call you out, whenever I call to you, whenever I tell you my plan, it doesn't matter your limitations, Moses. It doesn't matter what you think is limiting you from the past or your abilities or any of those things. I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to make sure that you're victorious. I'm going to make sure that you come out the winner, Moses, because I'm going to be right there with you. And so Moses does that. He says, okay, God, here I am. Here I am, God. And he steps into Pharaoh's throne room. And he says, God's saying, let my people go. He steps in front of the Israelite people and he says, God's going to bring about a victory. God's going to bring about a deliverance for you. And God shows up every single time. He's faithful to Moses because Moses is willing and Moses says, God, I'm willing to answer your call no matter my limitations, God. If you'll go with me, I know you'll help me accomplish what you've dreamed for my life. Church, it's like that for you. When you step into the workplace this week, you're not there alone. And God's not looking at your past. He's not looking at your past failures or faults or sin in your life. God says, I have a future for you. I have a plan. He's not looking at how limited you think your abilities are or what you think that you can't do. When God speaks your name, when God calls you, he wants to do something great through your life. He's going to be there with you every step of the way. Church, will you respond? Will you, like Moses, say, God, I'm in. I'm willing to answer that call. So if it's sharing my faith with a friend, with a coworker, God, I'm believing that you're going to give me those words. If it's stopping and praying for someone that's in need, God, I believe that you're going to be with me there in that moment. If it's speaking wisdom and sharing my story or sharing scripture, God, with someone who doesn't know you, Lord, I know that I'm not going to be there alone, God. Your spirit's going to lead me. Your spirit's going to guide me just like you were with Moses, God. You've called my name. God, you're going to use me no matter my limitations. Church, I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And I just want to start by asking if there's anyone here in the room this morning. And maybe you've heard this message, how God has a purpose and a plan for your life. But if you were to be honest, you would say, Aaron, I don't even have a relationship with God. Maybe your past is like Moses, that 
there's sin that you've tried to bury in your past and, and run away from, but you've never been honest with God and said, God, I need your forgiveness. God, I need that relationship with you. And if that's you, you're here this morning and you need that in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to stand up right where you're at and to come forward to the altar right up here in front of the stage. I want to pray for you. The word of God is very clear that all of us are broken. All of us at some point have allowed sin to enter into our life and it's separated us from God. And we can't fix it on our own, church. There's nothing we can do on our own to fix that. So God sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus came and he died on the cross for your sin and for my sin so that we could be restored in a right relationship with God. And if you're here this morning, you're saying, man, Aaron, I want that fresh start. I want that new beginning in my relationship with God. I need his forgiveness over my life. If that's you, you don't have that relationship with God, would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward? I wanna take a moment and pray with you. If God's speaking, don't miss this opportunity. I'll wait just one more moment. I don't want you to pass this by. If God's spirit is dealing with your heart, he's here this morning offering new life for you. Well, church, if there's no one here in that situation that I wanna pray over us, and I'm gonna ask right where you're at that as I begin to lead us in praying that you would just respond like Moses did that you would talk to God and you would say, God, here I am. Lord, I'm willing to respond. God, use me. Ask God how he wants to do it this week, what it means for you to step out, to forget your past, to forget limitations that you think are there on your life and begin to respond to God's calling. So would you pray with me this morning that God will do that this week, that God will show you that he's calling you and he wants to bring change through your life. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this amazing story in the life of Moses. God, this man that had horrible things in his past, God, who had things that it seemed like were limiting him, but Lord, you were calling his name. Lord, you had a plan, you had a purpose for him, God. And I pray this morning, Lord, that we will respond in that same way. God, here I am. Lord, use us as the church this week. Lord, use us in our school. Use us in our workplace, God. Use us around our family members, God. Use us to speak your truth and your hope, God. Help us to step out past, Lord, our limitations. Lord, anything in our past, God, anything that we think is hindering us, Lord, and respond in obedience, Lord, so you can use our life to bring change, to bring salvation, to bring deliverance to other people, God, as we share your story with others, God. Let us, God, see this week how you have made us for more, God, and how you want to use us. And we pray this in your name. Amen.